Welcome to episode 358 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent here as always, and this week we've got a fun one because Russell Allen is here. Russell Allen, one of the greatest heavy metal vocalists of the 21st century. Like you can say that because since the year 2000, if you're putting together a list of the greatest heavy metal vocalists of the past 20, 25 years, you've got to include Russell Allen. I mean, I guess you don't have to, but then you're just a dumbass. I'll say it. Russell Allen, the vocalist of Symphony X. Of course, Adrenaline Mob. He's been a part of Trans-Siberian Orchestra. He did a few albums with Orrin Landay, with uh, Alan Landay. And then, of course, now he's got the same prog- the same, excuse me, project continuing. But it's Alan Olsen with Annette Olsen, of course, of Nightwish fame. So just great, great music that this man has pumped out over the past 25 plus years. He also has a great solo album that came out like, man, it's probably been 15 years ago now. I should have looked up the date. But if you've never heard that, check it out because it's, it's not, it's not metal. It's more of a hard rock tinge, you know, it's got a little bit of, grooviness, a little bit of swampiness to it. So check that one out if you haven't, but all kinds of great stuff from Russell Allen. We're going to talk about a lot of that here with him just coming up here in just a bit. I've also got a couple shows I'm going to talk about that I saw recently. I've been out of action here on the podcast for a couple weeks, had Rocklahoma, which that went well, as it always does. Had some fun times there. Got to see a couple of the bands, but of course I was working, so didn't get to see everything that I wanted to, like I used to do when I was out there. And then the week after that, I was at Blue Ridge Rock Fest. And that one was quite an experience. I know that many people know the issues that happened at Blue Ridge in 2021. And I was kind of apprehensive about ever wanting to work that festival after that. But then this year rolled around and I was asked to work it by a good friend of mine who has been in this business way longer than me. They had a lot of new people in, new teams entirely on the different departments. And I know there were still some issues, you know, as far as shuttling goes and all that. But overall, I believe the experience, you know, I can't speak from a fan standpoint, but from what I saw and what I heard from a lot of people, you know, outside of the the small issues, well, I know having to wait in line for a long time is not a small issue, but outside of those issues, it was way better than it was in the years past. So I was glad to be a part of that, and I have tons of stories from that, from the job I was doing, because I was a part of Artist Relations, but that's probably not something I'm going to speak about here. You know, I've kind of made that a habit throughout the years that I've been working live events It'd be great to spill the beans on a lot of this stuff, you know, just some of the conversations or things you see or hear or whatever, but we try to keep this professional here, right? But anyway, some cool stuff came out of that. One of the bands I worked with at Blue Ridge was Hellstorm, and I just recorded an interview with R.J. Hill, the drummer of Hellstorm, today. You're hearing this, if you're hearing this when it comes out, I'm putting this out on a Friday. I know I usually don't put stuff out on Friday, but 
This week's been a little hectic, so I'm getting this out late in the week. But so just yesterday, I recorded an interview with R.J. Hill. Man, that guy, super personable, super outgoing, easy to talk to, and doing the interview was no different. It was over an hour long. And to get an hour-long interview with someone that's out on tour is pretty rare, you know, because I got a ton of stuff going on. You know, a million moving pieces. But RJ sat down with me on Zoom and talked for over an hour. So that one's going to be coming up here in just a week or two. I've also got ones coming up with, um, I'm drawing a blank already. I'll think of it here before or later on. I've got one coming up with Kenneth Bryan of the Kenneth Bryan Band. This dude's amazing. If you have not heard of him, look for that one. I know I've got something else recording that I'm drawing a blank, but I've also got two or three things that are scheduled to happen in the next couple weeks that are all going to be great. So as soon as those happen, I'll let you know about those here. But before we jump into the rest of this episode, I need to let you know who I'm sponsored by. And speaking of Rocklahoma, my longest running and oldest sponsor is DEB Concerts. Promoter based right here in Tulsa has brought tons of great acts to this area. The Metal Tour of the Year. Megadeth and Lame of God was here earlier in the year. DB Concerts brought Poison in an off date from the stadium tour. They played the BOK Center here along with Tom Kiefer of Cinderella and LA Guns. And then throughout the years, just tons of great acts like Last in Line, Saxon, Warrant, Lita Ford. The list is long. They booked the Roadhouse stage every year at Rocklahoma, and this year was no different, and all that was excellent. DEBconcerts.com. Follow them on the socials, Facebook, and Twitter, DEBconcerts, to be kept up to date on future announcements. And of course, I'll let you know right here when there's future announcements. We've also got MedPharma Dispensary located in Broken Air, Oklahoma, 24683 East Highway 51. They're right off the highway. Great thing about MedFarm is they're open super late and they have a drive-thru. Most dispensaries don't offer a drive-thru. You can call in, you can even text in your order, and then all you got to do is run through that drive-thru and be right on your way. But if you want to go inside and check it out, you can do that as well. You can hit up leafly.com to see their entire selection before you go in. They've got a huge selection. Follow them on their socials. MedFarm, that's P-H-A-R-M on Facebook. Instagram is MedFarmOK. The website is MedFarmOK.com. They're always running specials on their socials. And one of the specials that is always running is if you mention Thunder Underground, they'll give you 10% off your first order, which is very cool. On top of all this, they are cannabis with a cause. 30% of the proceeds go to build no-kill animal shelters. This is an amazing thing. Most businesses don't give nearly a third of their profits at all times to anything, let alone something that's this needed. I know in this area, especially, and I'm sure it is in most areas. So if you're in the Tulsa area, I know there's dispensaries everywhere, but it's worth your time to hit up MedFarm so you can help animals as well as help yourself. So hit up MedFarm and tell them you heard about him here. We've also got Sunset Tattoo, a tattoo shop located in Midtown Tulsa. Their tattoos are done good and proper. They're state licensed and they are mother approved. 25 plus years of experience. You can check out Facebook and Instagram are both Sunset Tattoo Tulsa. 
tons of photos on there. You can see all the different styles of work that Jake is great at. Whatever you need done, this man can get it done for you. Give him a call, shoot him a message, set up a time to get in there and talk about what work you want to have done. Or just drop in. He accepts walk-ins. Whatever you've been thinking about, this man can make it come to life. I got a tattoo from him last year that I had been thinking about for years. A cover-up that I'd been wanting to do. And I finally kind of designed what I wanted. Took it in there to him. He added some of his own touches. And I absolutely love it. So hit up Sunset Tattoo and tell him you heard about him on Thunder Underground. All right. So before we get into this Russell Allen interview, some other metal we need to talk about is a couple shows that I saw recently. Last week, Haunt made their way to Tulsa for the first time. And I believe it might have been the first time ever in Oklahoma. I know they were scheduled for Oklahoma City, but that ended up getting canceled. And I think, anyway, when we walked in the door, I went with Jason who used to do this podcast with me, as many of you will remember. We both, whenever Jason was still this podcast, we had Trevor on here two different times. Both excellent interviews, so check those out if you have not. We walked in the door at the Whittier Bar in Tulsa, and Trevor was sitting there on the stage. Walked right over to him, introduced ourselves. He was very gracious, stood up, hugged us. You know, said, it's great to finally meet you guys. I also thought it was funny because he pointed out, he said, I appreciate you introducing yourself in a way that makes sense to me because I'm sure, you know, guys, any guy in a band probably gets dudes all the time walking up to him. Hey, I talked to you on Facebook or some bullshit that a million people have done. But I just led straight with, hey, Thunder Underground podcast, you've been on a couple of times. So. Great to finally meet Trevor, and he mentioned that it was his first time in Oklahoma, and I said I thought he'd played OKC, and he said he might have in like 2018. So, <laughs> there you go. That was the whole long-winded way to tell you that finally Haunt was in Oklahoma. Not only that, man, this was a touring triple bill, and it was actually a four-band bill, because Blind Oath out of Tulsa, Oklahoma, was on this bill. And the touring package, along with Haunt, featured Seven Sisters out of London and Entranced, a brand new band that, holy shit, I'm going to get into that in a second. So being a, a big Haunt fan, you know, this has been something that I've been like, we've got to see this band live eventually, some point. I know me and Jason tried to go down to the, you know, we were planning this past year to go down to the Hell's Heroes show. It happens every year in South Texas. We didn't make it happen. It's happening again next year, but I don't think Haunt is on the lineup next year. But anyway, it's a killer lineup. Look that thing up. Haunt has put out their most recent album that came out in July, I believe, was their seventh album. Seventh full-length album. And we're talking the span of four or five years. I guess I should have, you know, looked my dates up so I didn't say I guess, but... I think it was 2017 or 2018, maybe, when the first album came out. So just think about that. That's something that is unheard of in this era of music. You know, the majority of, you know, our adult lives, that's kind of unheard of. This is something that happened in the 70s, you know, and into the early 80s at the most. But, you know, because they, you know, record labels want bands to pump out, you know, a new album every six months. And Trevor's kind of just 
doing that. And he said on the podcast last time he was on, his goal was to have 20 albums. And at the rate he's going, you know, that shouldn't be too hard. I know he recently posted on Facebook that he was already working on the next one. And the last one just came out in July. Last time he was on the podcast, it was right after an album had come out. And he said he's already focusing on the next one. So, I mean, that's just, if you're a fan of this kind of music, which you should be, this is just like you're living in a in an amazing era of music. You know, whenever bands are, you know, not when I say bands, there's not very many, but when a band like Haunt is giving you this much content, and on top of that, it's not just like, oh, here's 12 songs I wrote last week. Hopefully some of them stick. I mean, this guy isn't like that. This guy's a songwriter, and you can listen to an album, and you don't need to skip around. And, and that's just unbelievable. You know, I mean, there's bands that I've always said that about, like Evergrey, Seven Dust, where, you know, I could pop on any album throughout their career and just let it go. Hit random shuffle on the entire discography and not be like, well, screw that song. Haunt is the same way, you know, and and, and to see them live, you know, I'm just jumping straight to them. They're the, you know, the headliner of this tour, but talking about it. So just full on, you know, phenomenal. I know that Trevor's had some lineup changes throughout the years in Haunt. And the three guys he's, he has with him now, you know, they brought it and he brought it. You know, it was just full on onslaught. And just to see, you know, the crowd reaction and to see the other band's reaction. This was the final official final night of the tour, I believe. I know it was entranced final night on the tour. I think Seven Sisters and Haunt were doing a couple more shows, but it was the official final night of the triple bill. And just to see the, all the bands interacting with each other, you know, the guys from entranced you know, we're down there, not just like, like you see, sometimes you see an opening band, you know, appreciating the headliner from the crowd or the side of the stage. And Trance was right there in front of the stage, head banging and fist pumping with every fan in there. And then they even jumped on stage a couple of times. I know that James Luna grabbed the mic and sang along. I think, I think the drummer of Entrance uh, did as well during, maybe it was during the burst into flame, I think, but don't quote me on that, but it just, it's just amazing to see that to me, to see the passion that these guys have for music and to see Haunt bring this live, you know, whenever you've got that big of a catalog and they, they drew songs from the entire catalog. I think there might've been two songs off the newest album. I think Mind Freeze had maybe three tracks and then the other albums, you know, they hit at least one song off them, I think. But it was just a killer, you know, a straightforward, like 10, 11 song set, just pounded through it. And, you know, you got everything, you know, I feel like I'm using the same adjectives, but the power that they brought of, you know, Trevor's vocals, you know, they're very distinctive and in live, they even got a bit more of a heaviness to him, but that also could have been just like, we're in a very small space, you know, it's not a big bar, it's a small bar, you know, but you know, with the, the crowd in there, you know, it filled up the place and the crowd was there, you know, and they were on it. It was, you know, it was a Tuesday night in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And the crowd was acting like, you know, this was Saturday night in fucking Chicago with 50,000 people. You know, it was just, it was a great time. And I enjoyed that. And to see the other bands on the bill get the same reaction. Seven Sisters out of London. I mean, this band is, you know, a band I'm admittedly new to. I'd heard like one song prior to the show and I dug it. I should have delved more into it. But then after seeing them live, of course I did. You know, this band has a real intricacy to their their music 
the musicianship. It's very, I said intricate, but you know, I know there's an obvious word I'm looking for, but the point is, you know, you think of something, a progressive band like Dream Theater or something and everything that goes into like one song. I get that same sense from Seven Sisters, even though they don't sound anything like Dream Theater. They might have some progressive tendencies at times. They've got, you know, huge guitar lines and tempo changes and, you know, soaring, you know, these guitar solos are, you know, knock you on your ass. Great vocals. I mean, this is just a great band all the way around. It's got a very, you know, traditional heavy metal sound. It's just a band you need to check out if you have not. And Entranced is the same way. James Luna from Holy Grill. Phenomenal fucking band. He has a new band that you can use those exact same words about. Phenomenal fucking band. They have an EP that just came out. Literally, I saw him last Tuesday. This came out Friday. So this EP's been out now a week by the time you're hearing this. So check it out. It's got five tracks on it. Just straight up. Old school heavy metal with a, but it doesn't sound dated. You know, it still feels fresh. And, you know, James Luna is one of those guys that's just been fucking doing it for years and has always flown under the radar, you know, to your casual metal fan. Between this and Holy Grail, hopefully people start, you know, taking notice. And this band just absolutely slammed through these songs and they've got, they, you know, like they're, they've got the track called Dream Lover you know, which is a bit more, you know, melodic tinge than a couple of the tracks are, but they all have that great melody to them, that great old school metal sound. And I I read on their bio, like after the fact, it said that they consider themselves Latin, the Latin new wave of British heavy metal, I think is how they worded it. Regardless, check out Entranced, that's with an I, all one word, Entranced, E-D. And they mentioned at the show, you know, we're big fans of the Scorpions, if you couldn't tell from our name. And the Scorpions played in Tulsa the very next night. How convenient was that? But we're not there yet, because Blind Oath closed out this show. Blind Oath, I've spoken about them here on this podcast before. Jason and I both both did, because we had seen them live in the past. Seen them live again is great. This is the first time I've seen them. Since the pandemic. And this band is just... This is what a scene like Tulsa needs. I mean, Tulsa always, in my opinion, has always had a good music scene because it's so diverse. You've got metal bands. You've got rock bands. You've, of course, got you know country and Americana. You've got blues. You've got some great rap artists in this area, too. It's just a great conglomerate of different styles of music, which you could say that about any city, but Tulsa just seems to be more evident to me than a place like Oklahoma City or some, you know, something else that I'm familiar with. But Blind Oath, every time I've seen them, you can tell they bring a crowd with them because that's the other thing. You know, you'll see at a show a lot of times, like this show, for instance, Haunt was the headliner, but the way the bill was set up, Haunt went on a little earlier. So they got that prime spot, and then Blind Oath, as the local support, went on at the end. And sometimes when that happens, you lose the crowd, because they're like, well, we saw the band, main band we came to see, and they start to filter out. Blind Oath, that didn't happen. The crowd was into it, and Blind Oath, you know, 
brought something different to the show because Blind Oath has the musicianship and the the musical style that fits well with these other three bands. But vocally, Blind Oath is much more aggressive than these other three bands because the other three bands have, you know, your more traditional metal vocal styles. With Blind Oath, you know, it's more the modern, you know, heaviness, the gruffness, and to, you know, and that's what I love about Blind Oath is they put that on top of this old school metal sound. It's like part thrashy, part traditional metal, part everything. You know, they, they combine a lot of elements and they just slam it straight through and the crowd loves it. I love it. This is just one of those bands that you have to see live to truly appreciate and I know recently, I say recently, earlier this year, they were out in California. I know doing some stuff with our buddies in Night Demon. So hopefully we'll hear more about that coming soon. But absolutely, check out Blind Oath. These guys are killer, killer Tulsa bands. And then like I mentioned earlier, the next night Scorpions were in town. Absolutely could not miss this because it's the Scorpions. I mean, come on. This is the only... Scorpions were like one of the main two bands on my bucket list for a lot of my adult life. It was like them and Tom Petty and Glenn Hughes and Lenny Kravitz. Okay. And I finally saw Tom Petty and Scorpions for the first time around the same time, probably like 10 years ago. Well, no, I saw Scorpions for the first time in 2010. And then Tom Petty was a year or two after that, I think. But getting sidetracked. I saw Glenn Hughes live for the first time, I don't know why I didn't mention this, at Blue Ridge Rockfest. It was one of the greatest moments of my life. I'll just say it right here. I've had that man on the podcast before. It was an unbelievable honor. And to be able to stand side of the stage and watch him sing Deep Purple's Burn. I don't know where you go from that as a, as a fan of watching music. I say I don't know where I go, but I just talked about where I went, which was hot, and then Scorpions. So, anyway, this is only the third time I've seen Scorpions. And this is the first time I saw them at their own show as a headliner. I mean, the other times I saw them was as a headliner, but it was at festivals. Rock in America in Oklahoma City back in like 2010, and then Rocklahoma in I believe it was 2017, maybe. So, once again... The Scorpions have a new album called Rock Believer. They're out on tour supporting it. The thing to say about the Scorpions live is they're one of those bands where you know you're going to get high quality to the umpteenth degree. Like when you see Iron Maiden, when you see Rammstein. I mean, just when you see these these bands that have been around for 25, 35, 40 years, putting on the level of shows that they put on, it's just beautiful. And Scorpions are one of those bands. They come out and it's like, I have nothing negative to say about the Scorpions. But if I did have something negative to say, it would be that it's almost too, not choreographed, but too laid out. You know what I mean? In a way it is. But I mean, that's not a knock on them because bands do it. If you go see Iron Maiden, you know, it's the same way. Everything's laid out. You know, it's the same set every night. And you gotta, you know, when you have a huge stage, arena stage production, you have to have stuff choreographed for the lights, for the videos to go with the songs and all that. But that's, that's my only knock on the Scorpions is it's kind of like you, with the, the stuff 
the banter that Klaus does in between the, the songs is likely the same at most shows. But again, at the end of the day, who cares? Most of us aren't going to most of the shows. We're going to one show, maybe two if we're lucky on a tour. So that's the reason that happens. It's not a complaint. I'd say that's just the only, if there was one. But this band is so down to the, down to the nth degree. Like, and they're not even the type of band that needs to be that way. You know, when I, like I mentioned Dream Theater earlier, Iron Maiden. With Scorpions, they have a lot of intricate stuff, but I also, you know, you feel like when you hear Scorpions, especially post-70s Scorpions, like 80s and on, you get that feeling like, you know, this band could go out there and just be a rock party, you know, just be stripped down bare bones in, in a club playing these tracks, you know, and it would be just as cool as it was in a big arena show, like calculated the way it is. And, you know, to see, you know, just, just them barrel through was about an hour and a half you know, typical for an older band, hour and a half, maybe hour 40. You know, they hit all the eras. They didn't do much from the 70s. I believe I should have this set list pulled up. I'm going to hit pause right now and pull the set list up. Okay, unpause. I found the set list. Here we go. So they they had several new tracks, and that's another thing I thought was cool, is because a lot of bands, and you know, that have been around since the 70s or 80s, they put out a new album and they might play like one track off it. I mean, a band like Iron Maiden is the exception because they've always been about, hey, here's our new album. Here's half the album plus 10 of our hits, which is great. The Scorpions, you know, have kind of done the same thing on this tour, and I'm sure they did on previous tours, but they opened the show with Gas in the Tank from the new album. And then they went straight into Make It Real. That's the opening track on what? Savage Amusement, I think. Um, and then the Zoo, you know, which is my favorite Scorpion song of all time. And then they, they went into Coast to Coast, you know, that killer instrumental. Straight up laid it out there. That, you know, that might have been my favorite part of the show was the Zoo and the Coast to Coast. But then they, you know, they played a couple more new songs, Seventh Son, Peacemaker. Then they, and I think later on they did Rock Believer, which is, you know, the title track from the newest album. But they had Bad Boys Running Wild, Delicate Dance. They had Blackout, Big City Nights, No One Like You, of course. The ending was Rocky Like a Hurricane, but there in the middle they did a three-song set. All three in a row from Crazy World, which was... The album that got me into the Scorpions, that came out in 1990. You know, I was really getting into music around that time, 88. All the hard rock, heavy metal bands at the time, you know, and Scorpions, you know, whenever Tease Me, Please Me came out. Massive on the radio, Wind of Change, of course, all that stuff. They did a moment there in the middle with Send Me an Angel and Wind of Change and Tease Me, Please Me. Wind of Change, I mean, this was announced this, you know, earlier and, you know, I guess when the tour first started. You know, the song, and I think he mentioned in an interview, because, you know, the opening lyrics to Wind of Change are about Russia. And he changed the lyrics to be about the Ukraine. And there was a lot of imagery on the screen. They had the peace sign with the Ukraine flag and everything. It was a beautiful moment with a beautiful song, you know. And the, the whole crowd, you know, was heavily into it the whole time. You know, Tulsa was pumped. It was, uh, you know, the, the arena that this was at, the BOK Center, 
I believe when there's a stage in there and it's not a full, you know, in the round situation, I think it holds like 18 to 20,000, if I'm not mistaken, 18. And I mean, this was, this was kind of scattered a little bit on the upper deck, you know, but for the most part, the lower bowl on the floor was completely full. The upper deck was probably half full. So it was a good turnout because this tour was originally like a co-headline deal with Whitesnake. Of course, Whitesnake had to cancel their entire tour, touring for the rest of the year because of the health issues that David Coverdale is having. So hopefully that gets straightened out and we can still get Whitesnake out there on their final tour again. But I was I was glad to see that there was still a strong crowd, even though, you know, one of the two headlining bands were not there. But Scorpions, man, killed it. And then on top of all this, Mickey D. Holy fuck, dude. I've always loved this guy. And then I saw him, I believe, when, yeah, when Scorpions played Rocklahoma, that wasn't long after he had first been in the band. And you got to think about James Kotak had been the drummer for quite a while previous to that. I mean, that dude's a, obviously a great drummer. You have to be a great drummer to be in a band like this. But Mickey D is one of those guys that just takes things to another level. The way he hits, I've always did. That's just one of the main reasons I loved him is because he just, you just feel like there's power. And that's the sense I got from this is it was like everything. It's not like Scorpions. It's not like Matthias or I say Matthias, it's Matthias, right? Matthias or uh, Rudolph need help elevating what they're doing. But Mickey D just like brings so much power and bottom end to this thing that it just elevates it in my opinion. And he did a excellent drum solo that was probably, I don't know how long it was, but it was somewhere between five and 10 minutes long. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, people will cheer for drum solos, but you know, a lot of people get up and run to the restroom or buy a beer or something. I didn't see people leaving at all during this. And like the whole crowd was into it, just like it was a hit song. And it, you know, there was a lot of, of course, video imagery behind him going along with it and at the end of a at the end of it it had like a slot machine Vegas style thing going on and the slots were spinning and of course it was spinning up like your typical coins and you know hearts and that kind of crap that would be on a slot machine and then then it started spinning and it had some scorpions logos and then it spun and they all hit and it was all lemmies across the board which of course got a crowd reaction so great to see that they're still letting Mickey D represent the Motorhead era of his life. So, I mean, that was just excellent, excellent show all around. And I didn't mention the opening band. How could I not? Thunder Mother. So glad to finally see this band live as well. And I always appreciate whenever an opening band, again, an arena, you're an opening band. A lot of times you get out there. You got a lot of empty seats because people are still coming in and that kind of thing. I mean, sure, it wasn't completely full like it was for the Scorpions, but there was a strong crowd in there. You know, the floor looked full. A lot of the lower bowl was full. So they had a strong crowd. And of course, you know, being on an arena tour as an opening band, you know, they had a small area of the stage to work with. Those four ladies, just like you get the sense when you hear the music or when you watch their videos, they brought it live. And it was beautiful. It was, this is just one of those bare bones rock and roll bands that like, I can't say enough good things about. I I think one of the times we talked about them last year, the year before, Jason mentioned on this podcast, he said, this is what, 
American rock radio should be. As more bands like this, and less bands like, you know, I'm not going to mention who, who he mentioned, but you know what I'm saying. Less of the bullshit that you do here on the radio, and more stuff like this, where it's just bare bones, stripped down, rock and roll. And just like the themes, you know, it's like, you there's a real ACDC vibe without sounding like ACDC, if that makes sense. I mean, a lot of her guitar riffs, you know, a lot of the, like, opening guitar riffs, you know, have an ACDC vibe, but, like, the, the music overall doesn't sound that way. I just mean where it's stripped down, bare bones, you know, your three straight-up drumming, Phil Rudd-style drumming, and her, you know, her vocals are off the charts. I just absolutely love this band. So glad to finally see them live, so check out Thunder Mother if you have not. All right. That felt kind of long-winded, but hey, you got to, I guess, if you're talking about shows, so. Like I mentioned earlier, Blue Ridge Rock Fest in Rocklahoma, I have this plan, you know, used to, every year, after Rocklahoma, Jason and I would do a review, but Jason didn't go this year, and of course, I was there, but I missed, I only saw a few things, so it's, I can't really do a full-on review of the festival like I used to, but I have someone that has been to every single Rocklahoma, like myself, that I'm going to have on this podcast coming up soon. And I believe we're going to talk about just the past 15 years of Rocklahoma. And of course, we'll talk about this year's, so he'll be able to bring a little more insight than what I could do. You know, I got to see Suicidal Tendencies full set. Hadn't seen them in a long time. So that was a a highlight for me of recent live shows. I got to see some bits and pieces, like I could see half of Megadeth. I saw the end of Shine Down, saw a few other things, so. And then on top of all this, man, I just spitballing as I go. I saw Leonard Skinner recently because they headlined one of the nights at Born and Raised, which is another festival here in Oklahoma at the same site as Rocklahoma. And I'm gonna save that and talk about that on the next episode. So be on the lookout for that. Alright, Russell Allen. Man, this just reminded me when I said Russell Allen I also saw Iron Maiden recently. God dang, since I missed like two weeks of episodes, I'm remembering all the stuff that I have not talked about, so I'm going to save Iron Maiden until next week as well, I guess. But I remember that because at the end of this interview, we're talking about Iron Maiden. But regardless, Russell Allen, like I mentioned up front, has a great new album, he has a brand new album that just came out about two weeks ago with Annette Olsen, formerly of Nightwish. And he's been doing these uh, this project now for... I guess it's 15, 16 years with Magnus Carlson, where they did the the previous uh, albums with Jorn Lande, and and now Annette is filling that role. So you're getting a totally different dynamic. Because the previous ones, you had two metal vocalists who, you know, had different styles of singing, but still kind of fall into the same lane. But of course, now you've got a totally different lane. You've got female vocals, and she's got those huge soaring vocals that you know from Nightwish and everything else she's done. I mean, this album's just, I mean, if you like that operatic symphonic metal, this is excellent because it also, it also has a bit more of a heaviness than a lot of that stuff has because Magnus brings that in the songwriting. And of course, Russell Allen brings it in his vocals. And this is the second album that they've done together. Like Russell speaks about early on in this, this interview. This album features almost every song's a duet. 
which is very cool. So you need to check this one out. Great album. We've also got Symphony X coming out with new music here in the future. We're going to talk about all that. Before we jump into this, I need to let you know that the end of this interview just kind of ends abruptly. And it was my bad because I, I, you know, we did this on Zoom and I had not updated my Zoom to be able to, you know, be endless time. So it has whatever the 40 minute cutoff time. And I just wasn't paying attention to the little ticker thing and it just cut off. So I totally lost Russell. Went out, went back in to see if I could get, you know, but it didn't work and we lost contact at that point. But anyway, it was a great interview. Got nearly 40 minutes here. So let's jump into this. Here is Russell Allen of Symphony X and Alan Olson. Records being received really well. People like it. Um, you know, uh, in this day and age, if you can put something out and people give a crap, then I guess we're doing something right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, so much content these days that it's hard to, a lot of stuff kind of slips through the cracks, it seems. Yep. Yep. That, that's the truth. And, but it's cool. It's, it's, it's good to see so many, so many artists and, uh, putting out music and, and, uh, and being able to go see bands again is a great thing. So, you know, yeah. it was, was real bad, you know, obviously during the, 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 the dark days of the pandemic there when there was no shows and nothing, you know? Right. So, so it's nice to be able to have an album out and, uh, you know, I just, I obviously I've been touring this year, so it's been great. Um, and getting out again, it was a really cool thing. Very inspiring. Uh, to see, I mean, we we still had issues. We couldn't go to Europe and stuff with Symphony X. We had had some issues there with some of the the rules were all different in different countries, you know. But at least here in the states and down in South America, we were able to pull it off. And, but uh, the, just the energy of the, of the crowds and stuff. Not to get off topic, but just saying how how great it was the tour, you know, and, and see the see the fans and how happy they were to see us it was really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Was that did you end up having to cancel shows in Europe because of restrictions or had everything? Well, the problem was um, flying into the airports. If you oh, had come right. from, if you had come from the States or whatever, someplace it was fine. But if you had come from like another country, then, you know, they, they, they would, uh, you, you, you could be singled out for testing or they would have all these different things, you know, like you had to have, then you had to have, uh, they, they kept changing the rules. Like, if you were had the vaccine, you were fine. But if you, you had that, then they then one country wanted the boosters. Then then they didn't. Then they wanted they wanted more than just whatever. And we had situations where we couldn't even if we wanted to comply uh, with some of that. There was no time because you couldn't get uh, the boosters within. You know, you know, you can't get them all at once if you need two. You know, just but you have to wait. I think a good like I don't know what it is three 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 weeks or something or to to get another one. Yeah, I you know, feel like it was a month or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and so so we had you know we had there was no way we could 
we could count on that and so and uh or, or you know be able to do those shows because you lose one and the whole thing is shot or god god forbid somebody gets a, a positive thing they they put you in a hotel for 10 days at your expense um uh they quarantine you you know and that's it you're done and and we had crew and everyone flying we, we just can't take couldn't take that risk we couldn't take that risk of uh of that kind of a financial loss if if um god forbid something went wrong or if they changed the rules while we were there you know that that's what we were worried about uh and so it sucked you know we had to say no we had to we had to not go and so we didn't do any of the festivals this past summer uh this summer with with symphony x because of that uh the uncertainty and the inconsistency of the of the rules changing you know, uh, if we had a bus, I think we would have been fine. You know, yeah, they weren't having any issues with, with you know, you go, <laughs> which makes no sense. I, you know, but I, I hey, look, I, I'm not a scientist, I'm not a government official, I'm I'm just a singer in a rock and roll band, you know. So, I, I you know, when, whatever the rules are, we, we, we're gonna follow them, but they kept changing and we, we couldn't, uh, we couldn't keep up. Yeah, it seemed to be the hardest part, the just inconsistency across the board, you know, was never in, you know, basically any area, whether it be music or anything. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, when you're dealing, I can imagine when you're dealing with something so, uh, you know, dangerous and unpredictable, uh, you know, everyone's scrambling to try and do the right thing. But, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, not every everything goes the way you want and, and maybe, uh, you know, for whatever the reasons are, there's liability. People don't want to be, you know, uh, holding yeah. the ones left holding the bag. If something goes horribly wrong, you know, why didn't you restrict, you know, this one, you know, my family lost this one because of this. And, and, and there's all that going on, you know? So the, it's more than just, uh, there's just so much going on behind, with, with, with that, that people, you know, don't realize that these people in charge have so much pressure on them. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I understand how, the, what they're trying to do. Um, but, uh, in the end of the day, it's like, you, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. We could always look back and say, they should have done this, but you know, you don't know what's going on at the time, you know, especially when you just don't know that the, 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 how lethal something is or, or whatever, you know? Right. Uh, that's why you know i chose to be a an entertainer and uh that's <laughs> some something else yeah right. i wouldn't i wouldn't want their job ever right you know i coach football and that's enough pressure <laughs> right in the head coach of a little league football team i could i couldn't imagine you know <laughs> and i gotta you know deal with all the parents and everything i, I just couldn't imagine you know right oh not for me boss uh, i'm happy just singing so <laughs> well from a like a personal standpoint was it kind of a letdown to not be able to do 25th anniversary shows on the actual 25th anniversary <laughs> of course yeah but we were more concerned with uh you know just the 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 health of the world really i mean of course yeah we, we were seeing so much uh you know so much sadness out there and i think it wouldn't have been right for us to have been out there anyway at that time. It wasn't going to be much of a celebration if everyone's, you know, 
panicking and worrying about about stuff and so it was heartbreaking you know to not be out there for that time at whatever but hey it's like a belated birthday right right <laughs> as long as we at least got to go and i'm so happy that everyone showed up and they they uh you know we honored the tickets that we sold you know years ago and people came and more people came than i i, I thought they that they would uh we had the best numbers in some of the markets ever you know like uh and oh, wow. and, and and yeah in some places we we normally don't like really do well there's it was great i can't tell you how how good the u.s run went um it was awesome and 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 south america was great too i and i know europe will be will be awesome again uh you know but i think it was more than just the uh the 25 year thing i think it was also a combination of the fact that the people were were starving for entertainment and I don't know. I like to. I'd like to think that people just want to see the band, but <laughs> yeah, who knows? You know, who knows? <laughs> uh, but it wasn't a bunch of old, you know, crepity rockers from from my decade. You know, so, so it was it was awesome. It was good to see a lot of a lot of younger people there. Just a, a good diverse demographic of of, of people who love uh, who love metal and love uh, rock and what we do. On uh, progressive stuff, and uh, it was it was inspiring to see that. So that was good. Well, I'm I'm going to come back to the Alan Olsen thing, but since we're on the subject of Symphony X and talking about mm -hmm. 25 years, like you guys have had the same lineup, you know, for a good chunk of that for, since the late 90s. Like, what do you credit that yep. to? Uh, not hanging out too much. You know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I don't know, but it's kind of true. We we never really were a band. Hey, let's all go to the bar and get drunk. Together. That's just not who we are. Um, we were never that that type of group. So I think the the fact that we all you know have very different lives, you know, families and stuff. Most of us now and, and things like that. But when we come together, uh, it's great. Uh, we it's like you know I just seen him yesterday, even if I hadn't seen him for a year or two or whatever. Um, so I think there's something there that that's uh, like you could take credit be a credit to our longevity as a as a group um and uh yeah i mean you know it wasn't always rosy I, obviously you know you're gonna have uh differences and in, in, in stuff and opinions and things like that but for the most part we all respect each other very much you know and i think that goes a long way um you know when we were younger uh we didn't have uh the, the classic explosions of ego uh you know sure we had we had we had moments but uh all in all everybody knew that the other guy was just as important you know and uh we, we needed each other so so that was that was established pretty early on so i think uh yeah i think the fact that we were able to to uh keep the respect for each other was was a, a big deal you know and, I, and that helped to keep us going um and that's why we didn't really have any massive explosions or, or blow-ups or anybody leaving the band of course you know jason had some health issues and we had issues like that and he left and he came back but it wasn't because you know there was a fight or we didn't nobody wanted him in the band anymore you know what i mean yeah it wasn't like that so so i think uh we were fortunate in that regard
Um, and, and I think, yeah, I, I was kind of making a joke, but truthfully, we, we didn't exhaust each other's uh, tolerance for each other. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we weren't uh, we, each other's tolerance for one another. We, were, we weren't up each other's asses 24-7. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the relationship didn't get stale. Uh, I think that's, that is something that, that did help because um, we all had our own uh, social lives and friends and, and things like that outside of the, outside of the group. And so the group wasn't just the only thing we had, you know, to, 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 to so when we finally came together, uh, it was like a whole, you know, seeing, seeing a whole new group of people again in a way, you know, it's, it's kind of a weird thing, but I think that did, that did, you know, help to, to keep the band going because we didn't, yeah, we weren't, uh, around each other 24 seven, like a lot of younger bands are. And then, you, you know, you get sick. You, you get, you, that's when things, if you, if you keep enough dynamite in the room together for long enough yeah. <laughs> and it starts sweating, you know, something's going to blow. So right. I, we never, we never did that. So, so I think that helped. I think that really helped us. I figured that was the answer. Cause I mean, you guys, you've got a lot of different projects going on and you weren't always on that every two year album cycle, like a lot of bands do. So that I figured that's what kind of made it. Yeah. There was no, great, there know? was no burnout. Yeah. You know, that we never had the burnout thing uh, because uh, of the gaps. And it always felt like, yeah, yeah, let's do a record. You know, let's do this, the album now or whatever. Let's, let's do this again. Uh, we miss, we, you get to, you get to missing it. You know what I mean? And just like the fans, we don't missing it. So when we come back together, we want to be there. Fans want to be there because you yearn for it instead of like, yeah, the two year thing where you got to keep going and shove it down everybody's throat and, force it because that's what the label wants or something you know what i mean right we never played that game we, we did it our own way and uh it's enabled us to just stick around i mean we it's not like we don't have records we got what is it nine ten records nine records I think. this is the 10th one so you know when you when you when you slice it up between the, the 25 years you're almost looking at an album every two years you know yeah so it's not like the catalog isn't there um so it you know uh we, we we could have put out more stuff but i'm happy and proud of the what we have done i mean honestly we don't have to ever make another record again we could we could do you know tour after tour and, and play new material not new but you know different material from the from the from the catalog yeah and uh yeah I and mean, even the last tour we just touched on some of the bigger tracks from from all the records you know, most all, most all the records, and we didn't even you know we could come back and play a whole new set, and, you know, play uh, Divine Wings Tragedy instead of the Odyssey for our big number and do or you know the long track and whatever. We didn't do the accolades. We didn't do so much any you know the iconoclast stuff. We didn't do uh, you know that's what I mean. Like, but obviously you know that's not that's not something we want to do. We, we do want we want to make new music, so that's what we're working on now. But um but yeah i mean you know if the band wants to play i'm I'm down what's the status on the next album well that's what we're doing now we're just okay. working on it on it now most of the music is is there just trying to get the lyrics uh the lyrics kind of go into short up and decide i wonder whether or not we want to 
do like more of a, a whole concept thing like we normally do or or do something different i, I think we're all kind of want to do something different so so that's what we're kind of hashing out as to where the direction of the record is and because that, that's that's everything you know in terms of like how the music's going to end up sounding how the artwork's going to look you know yeah um, so that, that's kind of what we're, we're we're going through now it's changed a lot in the past year or two and during the pandemic no one really had any anything uh to not, not that we didn't have anything we had stuff in that, that was there romeo's always working but uh everyone was kind of bummed out you know while yeah. other bands were like we're gonna make music now because we were like this sucks <laughs> uh you know people are dying the world sucks economy sucks and and we were just sitting there going you know th- we want to play we're not the type of band that the, just to make a music and a video and sit home. You know, if we make this stuff, we we do want to go out and play this stuff. We see the albums as a vehicle for us to get out and, and perform shows, not the other way around, you know? Um, so, uh, so that's kind of why we didn't really do much during the, the whole pandemic height of the, of the lockdowns, because we couldn't follow it up with anything. You know, if we had to put an album out in the beginning of the pandemic and waited two years to tour, that just would yeah. have been horrible. So in our eyes. So we just figured, you know, let's ride this out. We went out with even out without a record and the tour was amazing, you know. So, um, yeah. So now things seem to be better. Hopefully it holds. And, you know, whatever monkey pox or whatever the hell's coming next. Yeah. <laughs> won't shut us all down again and we can all uh, enjoy new music from from not just us but all our favorite artists and be able to go see them and be with other human beings and <laughs> you know right. and enjoy the energy of a live concert uh, uh so fingers crossed man fingers crossed so 2023 is probably a good guess for an album coming out mm-hmm. yeah okay jumping back to the Army of Dreamers album, I mean, with this being the second album that you've done with Annette, how do you feel this progresses from Worlds Apart? Well, the biggest change is that there's, uh, it's all duets, which I really like a lot. Um, matter of fact, I wish we'd done on the first one like that. I think we were, you know, Magnus and the label and everyone, I don't know if really Magnus, but the label kind of went at the first one as a Alan Londy thing, you know? Yeah. Like that, that sort of, Russ will do some and they'll do some and then in, you know because they had so much success with that those that that first uh pairing thing that we did um but i just you know it, it was good don't get me wrong but this is just better <laughs> <laughs> i think that there's because there's no feature or i'm featured or she's featured. it's the two of us together the whole record it's really a, a true uh combination you know of of vocalists throughout um and and the lyrics are 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 better i shouldn't say better than the last one they're just there's there's better content because two these two people you know her and i uh have something to interact with constantly you know so there's uh you know like all alone or things like that where you can sense that there's uh you know, when these people have lost each other, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so you, there's uh it's just a little more depth, you know, and there's, a, there's a little 
it's it's better to sort of um, feel what 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 the singers are doing because there's an interaction there on every song. There's something there between the two of us, and and I think it's just better. You know, I think it's more interesting. I think I think it leads to to better uh, you know collaboration. So I like this record a lot because of that. Well, when when you guys decided to keep this project going. Was was the idea always to bring in a female dynamic, or was that something that just came up in the process of trying to figure out which way you're going to go? Um, it just kind of came up. I I don't think it was a natural progression, or I, I well I shouldn't say that. It was just it was just let's let's do it with the net. I'm like, okay, that sounds great. You know, I I I like the idea immediately. Um, so it wasn't like oh we're going to do this now. It just kind of happened. The song that jumped out to me pretty much was Look At Me. I know that's pretty a little more heavy on her vocals, but are there any tracks that really stand out to you personally? Um, well, that's a great one. Um, yeah, Look At Me is good, uh, really good. Uh, all Alone I like a lot. I mean, they all have something about them that that is unique and cool, so... You know, I, I never really say I have a favorite on anything I've ever done, you know, because, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, my tastes change with like the wind sometimes, you know, one one day I'm like, oh, this is really cool. And the next day, oh, this turned out to be really good. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not not really one for favorites, you know, of my own material. You know, to be quite honest with you, I don't really listen to my own stuff. I'll listen to it in the beginning to make sure I don't suck, <laughs> uh, you know. <laughs> when i'm recording it because i never phone it in I, i'm always like okay did i do this am i am i in the zone can i believe myself right now um and then you know and then i put it down because when you're doing a project like any music project for me um i just pour so much into it that when i'm done it's like okay I'm, i gotta walk away from this you know what i mean because then I'm on to the next thing. I got to change modes. So I don't dwell too much on it. You know, I make sure that I give everything I have in the moment uh, and then I move on. But um, and just let others decide what 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 it is they like about it. Well, with uh, Magnus being kind of the main songwriter of this project, does he bring in fully formed ideas or do you collaborate with him on that? Or how's that process go? Uh, it's fully, fully realized pretty much, okay. you know, but he get he sends me everything and, and I, I'm free to change whatever I, I, I think, uh, you know, but honestly, it's, uh, if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And that's, that's, uh, that's my, that's my mentality. Um, sometimes I'll change little things if the grammatically he's, uh, he's got enunciations that aren't really working in the English language, uh, within the rhythm of, uh, the lines that he's put together, I'll, I'll address that but you know he this the, the the melodies are solid and he really knows how to write for a singer um you know as the guitar players go a lot of times you know you don't you don't find that combo you know in my experience i've, I've played with great great guitar players and some can do it and some you know just you know don't have that that knack you know about them uh he's he's one of those rare breeds that that can actually understand that okay i'm writing this as an accompaniment to a singer these songs are about the, the, the vocals he still got he still put some ripping solos in there don't get me wrong 
but the structure of how the songs are put together for the singing parts is really geared towards that. You know, he, he's a, he's really working to the, to the betterment of the song for the vocal presentation and the, and the lyrics. So he's really good at that. So, you know, I, I, you know, it's really refreshing because there's nothing I really have to do, but just produce my vocals. And, and that's all I have to do most of the time. Of course, the ad libs, I can do stuff what I feel or I'll add harmonies or maybe that they weren't there. If he's, if, but I, you know, I guess I'm doing something right. Cause I never get a complaint, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, uh, but for the most part, yeah, you know, he gives uh, fully formed ideas. They're very well thought out. They're very well put together. The lyrics are simple, uh, but it's all about the, the, how you perform them, how you say things. It's not what you say. It's how you say it sometimes. Right. right. So I work hard to make, to make sure that the emotion is there. And so that the message is, uh, is communicated as best I can do as a vocalist. And that's that's my job, and that's my goal within these projects is to is to make sure that I'm delivering uh, to bring this to bring the music alive. And that's that's what I have to do. So that's what I do. Well, as a vocalist, does it feel natural to sing lyrics that are written for you by someone else? I mean, I assume you guys have been working together for what seventeen plus years, so it's probably feels natural at this point, but. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 no big thing for me. I, I enjoy it. I, I enjoy bringing someone else's work to life, uh, just as much as I enjoy bringing my own to life. It's a different thing. Every time I've worked with somebody, I learn something new. You know, it, whether it's a new technique, whether it's uh, uh, just an emotional expression, or you know, I. I just learned something new, even on the technical side. Yeah, you know, I'm going to try this compressor this time, or I'm going to work with this mic on this song because um, I like the way this is uh, sounding for this track. You know, this song's giving. I need more air in the vocal here, or uh, you know, things like that. I just, I just always uh, enjoy the process of of the of growing. So it's always a growth thing for me. And I bring all that back into what I do within my band or my own stuff, you know? Uh, and it's really enlightening to work with other artists uh, outside of your, of your normal sort of outside of your lane. You know, um, I just was, I just been doing a, an acoustic uh, project with some friends down in Brazil on universal music group. Um, it's just piano, guitar, vocal, you know? Uh, and that's really fun because, um, there's not, you know, I'm not trying to wail over a stack of marshals, you know? Yeah. Uh, so there's the, the challenge is, is to, okay, well, you got to really, you got to really be on point. You got to really emotionally be there. Every, every word, every note has to, has to be there because, um, when you're kind of, you know, naked like that, uh, the vocal is, is what is really moving. You. Uh, so that's a really cool thing. Um, something that i that i've i've enjoyed and i'm probably going to do some more of that stuff because it just makes me a better singer you know um even at this stage in the game you know old dog can learn new tricks right right uh so and i've, I've my versatility has always been obviously people people know that about me uh the versatility i have i i don't have i don't i'm not just a you know this this is the box and Russell's a metal guy who screams all the time or whatever, you know, or he's this, this kind of guy or, you know, so many of the, 
of the dudes in the business that are great at what they do. They're they're just kind of locked into what what they're good at, and that's fine. You know, go with what you got. I, I've always been able, luckily or fortunately, to to really just sing just about anything. You know, in terms of style, I don't have the I can't hit the highest notes. You know, like like and stuff. But that was never my thing. I wasn't really into that kind of thing. I was always about the power of the of the song and um and of course my influences being Dio and the blues rock guys like uh you know uh, Paul Rogers and these type of guys they, they were they they were always more um on the on the on the on the feel side of the soul side you know uh, it's kind of where I I live uh I can I can wail and hit some hit some stuff, but always always to serve the the, the lyric, you know, uh, not to do some vocal acrobats. To I know people, some people love that. That's great, you know. But for me, if the song requires it, I'll I want to I do my best to to serve the song. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So every time I work with a new artist <clears throat> who's got a new song uh, that I'm working on. Uh, it requires a new. It requires this this type of approach, right? So that's fun for me. Uh, that that challenges me to to sing the song in a way that is, is that translates. And 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 you know, pe- people can you know a, a singer can really change a song. You know, I'm sure. Obviously, as you realize, you know, throughout the years, people will do covers, right, of other songs and ch- totally change the the energy of the song and it's like a whole new song. So the voice is very unique in that regard. I, I, I think of, um, I think of the sound of silence that, uh, that disturbed did, right. you know, think, think about, you know, that that's a prime example of taking a classic song that you've heard a million times by a folk legend and, and transform it into this super powerful, you know, dark and deep, you know, rock version, I guess, of it. Uh, and, and that thing just exploded, you know? Yeah. People just, it just was a huge, huge success for them. Um, because David's voice, it just, he brought this, just sort of solemn, you know, deep, you know, delivery uh, that was haunting, you know? And it was great. I, I think of uh, Johnny Cash, you know, sing, singing uh, um, Trent Reznor's uh, Dirt. Hurt. Or Hurt, Hurt, yeah. yeah. That's a Johnny Cash song now. <laughs> yeah. I think you know, Reznor even said that in an interview once. Oh, did he? <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I believe it. Yeah, yeah, I believe it. I mean, uh, I can't hear that song without hearing him doing it now. Uh, and And again just so 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 you know the 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 voice is um the voice is the is, is an identifier for sure but a, another human being pre- presenting their performance on us on a song is really powerful when it when and, and because it's from them you know so i just always keep that in mind you know whenever i'm i'm doing stuff how can i how can i make this my own but still uh, serve the song the best. And uh, so that's, that's always my goal. 
And again, Johnny Cash and, and David, they're, they're not screaming their heads off, man. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just feel like, uh, you know, it's fun. Don't get me wrong. It's fun to sing that stuff. It, it's, it's great. You know, you know, like an up-tempo track and you're getting everybody going and you just kind of flexing your muscles. Right. But, uh, those those other types of uh deliveries can can really uh emotionally move people and i'm really into that i i want people to to have a feeling a reaction to what we're doing um on a deeper level if, if it's possible to connect because you know a lot of songs like that they 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 inspire us or they heal us as human beings and i feel like if i'm doing that i'm touching people in that way uh I'm using my voice in the right way and I'm help, and I'm serving a greater purpose. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, kind of on the opposite end of the two songs you mentioned, I kind of felt that way whenever you guys or when adrenaline mob put out, I come undone just the guitar riff, your vocals, when Lizzie's vocals together, just that that's, I absolutely love the original version of that song. And you guys just kind of took it to another level. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, Lizzie's amazing. And, uh, yeah, I just that that whole thing is a, is a prime example of what we were talking about, and and uh, it's a shame that didn't get some more airplay. But she, Atlantic wanted to, you know, she was in the middle of putting out something, so we had some some issues there with cooperation with them. But uh, that's just the business. But the the art is there. People will always compliment compliment us on that track, and uh, it's it was great to work with her, and so you know um yeah it was good good uh cover i guess you could say because it was different from the original right in terms of how it was presented we did a lot of covers in that band but a lot of them were like just verbatim you know like every time i even if i hear on the, the radio or like the streaming thing some sometimes my, my neighbor like loves all the stuff i do <laughs> he'll be doing his yard work and all this great stuff's coming on and music. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. Cause at least I got a neighbor who loves metal, right? And rock. So right. I'll be all of a sudden, you know, like that Badlands tune we covered would come on or not a Badlands. It was, uh, yeah. Badlands are the um, stand up and shout. Right. Yeah. I'm like, ah, cool. Dio's on, you know, whatever. And then I start singing. I'm like, Oh shit, that's me. You know, like, uh, <laughs> like I don't, it, it, the band did so darn good to cover it to that. I can't tell if it's the original or the cover until it's the, you know, they my open my mouth and they're like ah it's me not that i get bummed but more like ah, i want to hear Dio right, now. right. <laughs> i don't want to hear me uh, right. but but it's awesome though that the band uh that we were able to kind of you know get it that close you know but that doesn't necessarily in my mind make a great cover you know it just proves that you can you can do it but to, a great cover is a kind of a reimagining of of it like like the sound of silence was or the come undone that you mentioned you know, right. And it was, I've never really did covers before I got into adrenaline mob and to, you know, so that was another thing I liked about, about that whole adventure. The, one of the only, you know, one of the positives of that whole experience, uh, was, was to be able to have fun and do covers, do heart. I, and, you know, that was cool too. Cause, uh, you know, really heard a guy sing that song you know, too, too often. At least I haven't. Yeah. So that was fun. Final question for you, kind of a little off topic, but I know one of your favorite bands is Iron Maiden. And mm. 
I'm going to see him live tomorrow night. What are your thoughts on the the new album? I got to be dead honest with you. I haven't I haven't listened to it yet. Okay, <laughs> I'm a terrible Maiden fan right now. <laughs> I I uh, I got uh, when did it come out? It was earlier, beginning of this year, I think. Yeah, and what was? Or no, it was late last year. Late last year? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not, I'm not even. This whole whirlwind thing of of what's been going on since the pandemic uh, stopped. I did I did TSO, then I went to the Symphony X Spring Tour, um, and then you know the 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 uh, South American run, and then I'm right into football. Like this whole year's been a blur for me, you know. Right. Uh, uh, so yeah, I had I I knew, I knew there had a record out. And I'm like, ah, oh, I'm gonna listen to it. I'm gonna listen to it, and then I just haven't gotten around to it. So, but I'll check it out, man. I'm, I'm, I'd love to see him again. Then, you know, it's been a long time. So, I hope you have. You know, I'm sure you're gonna have a great time tonight. So, I'll listen to it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's good, but I didn't. It didn't hit me the same way Book of Souls did. So, I mean, but to each their mm-hmm. own, I guess. But well, hey, you know, that's the thing about music. What I like about what we do is that. I don't know if it's just the, the time that we put in between the albums. It's uh, it's not really done on purpose, but the one of the byproducts is that you know your your the expectations are when you put th- put things out so close together, it seems like you can't really move forward as quickly as you'd like. Uh, when there's time and you can put something out, um, it's it's a uh, it's harder I think for people to measure it because they're just yearning to hear something new from you at that point uh when 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 they when you put things out so so close together if you try and take a new a new step somewhere a lot of fans don't like it you know people like familiarity people like to hear you do things you've always done yeah Uh, there's a comfort there but artists most artists hate that because they always feel like they need to grow and and i'm one and i get that i'm one of them so i i understand that so, you know, to put out, you know, you don't know what they're thinking. Do we right. do this so we can go play a tour? Let's just bang some tracks out or, you know, I don't think that's the motivation. I think they're trying to do the best work that they can. It's just hard to, 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 to measure up to things that you, you've done in the past, That especially with a band like that. You just got these legendary records. Um, and it's really tough to meet those expectations. But, uh, you know. I, I'll always, you know, like yourself, they'll always be my favorite metal band. And, and oh, I don't know if you're your favorite, but I'm sure you like them a lot. Yeah. You know, and uh, they got a new album. I'm proud of them, you know. And that doesn't mean I'm, I'm going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> but at least it gets them out on the road, darn it. So, you know, Absolutely. that's what I think most fans think, you know, and they know that. But you never know. Like, look, like again, you, you there's always a chance that something amazing could happen for these guys or any band that's the legacy act that could t- do something cool like like we mentioned johnny cash i mean look at that look at that stuff he did with uh at the end of his life you know yeah i mean we we would all be so lucky or fortunate to be able to produce something of that magnitude at that stage in your life in your career that that thing is probably that whole thing is probably his best work yeah <laughs> you know yeah, I'd agree. At the end, at the end you know, <laughs> I, I I know it's just really hard to wrap your brain around for a lot of folks, but 
that man had something to say, you know, and he said it and, uh, and <laughs> amazing. Uh, and I, I'm so inspired by that, you know, like it keeps me going, you know, if Johnny Cash can do that, that late, you know, then I know I've, I've, I've got, as long as the good Lord lets me sing, you know, yeah. Uh, then, uh, there's always something to look. There you go. Russell Allen of symphony X. Alan Olsen, Adrenaline Mob, Trans-Siberian Orchestra. A huge thank you to Russell for taking some time out there to talk to me. And of course, a huge thank you to John Freeman of Freeman Promotions for his help with that as well. Like I said earlier, kind of abruptly cut off there at the end because I was not paying attention to the 40-minute you know, cut-off thing on Zoom. But, you know, hey, we got some good stuff there from Russell. Hopefully we'll have him back again one day. Check out the new album from Alan Olsen that just came out and be looking forward to that new music from Symphony X coming down the line. All right. If this is your first time listening, I really appreciate it. You can check this out and wherever you're listening now, hit subscribe or like so you don't miss future episodes. You can listen directly off the website, thethunderunderground.com or most everywhere podcasts heard, Spotify, Apple Music, all that great stuff, SoundCloud. 357 episodes previous to this one you can check out. I mentioned earlier, Glenn Hughes has been on here before. Gene Simmons has been on here. Dizzy Reed of Guns N' Roses. Vivian Campbell of Def Leppard. Uh, Dee Snyder of Twisted Sister. Paige Hamilton of Helmet has been on here a couple of times. Members of COC. Typo Negative. Prong. Tesla. Great White. A huge-ass long list that just spans all different genres. So check it all out and be looking for new episodes from RJ Hill of Hellstorm, Kenneth Bryan, and other great stuff coming your way. All right. Once again, a huge thank you to DUB Concerts, Med Farm, Sunset Tattoo, Freeman Promotions, and of course, Russell Allen. And until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all. Thunder Underground, y'all.